Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What is up, Clipper Nation? Brandon Marcus here, and this is another episode of the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Hope you're having a tremendous day wherever you are as the Los Angeles Clippers season is inching closer and closer. October 22nd is just about a month away, a little bit less than that. I am excited. I hope you are too. Today's show is going to be a great one. Not a good one. It will be a great one. We have Noah Eagle the radio voice of Los Angeles Clippers, replacing Brian Seaman as Brian heads over to the TV side to replace Ralph Lawler. He'll be joining us today to talk about getting the job at the young age of 22, the influence of his father, Ian, who you see on CBS doing college basketball, NFL. You see him doing the Brooklyn Nets broadcast. He is all over the place. Also does some tennis as well, as does Noah. It's amazing what this kid has accomplished at his young age. We'll talk to him about that because it's not very often you see somebody that is just out of college that has the resume that he does. We'll talk about it, obviously, with him, but it is just eye-opening what you see when you look at his resume. The amount of things that he has done already at the age of 22, boy, it really puts just everything we have done to shame. It's obviously amazing. There's no doubt about that. He's an incredible kid, too. When you read everything about him, everybody has glowing reviews about him. It's just so cool to see how, obviously, he's got the chops because of his father and the influence of his dad. But you have to stay in the industry because you're good. And this kid is clearly good. You go and you Google anything that you see of him doing a broadcast, and he is tremendous. He sounds exactly like his father. You'll see that. Oh, obviously, you'll hear that. You won't see it. You'll see it eventually. But with him, it's a guy that learned, obviously, underneath his father. And at the age of about 12 years old, he got introduced to the industry as something that he wanted to do. And he has really capitalized and run with it to the point where now he is just out of college and he's going to be an NBA radio play-by-play broadcaster. It's an incredible leap, and I can't wait to talk to him. So, before we continue, a big thank you, obviously, to Isaac Letterock, who provides the beats for this show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Clips is the podcast. I am at BD Marcus. And remember, this is another Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. Get that Hawaiian Isles Coffee if you need to get your coffee and caffeine fix. There really is no better place than High Kona Coffee. So, without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Noah Eagle. What a treat this is. We opened up the podcast talking to Brian Seaman, our first ever Hoopball Clippers podcast. And now, here we are, just about to hit October, and we are about to talk to Noah Eagle, the new voice on the radio side of the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's give you a little bit 
of a resume for this fella that is only 22 years old. He has been a host for Sirius XM on ESPNU and ACC channels, covered the Summer League, the G League Winter Showcase, and the Draft Lottery Tiebreaker for NBA Entertainment. Also has been a sideline reporter at two junior NBA Global Championships on Fox Sports, worked as a studio host and a play-by-play announcer for the ACC Network and the Tennis Channel, and also hosted a game show on WCNY-TV in New York. What have you done in 22 years of being on this earth. My goodness, Ian Eagle is the man that you know, but now get to know his son, Noah Eagle. Noah, what's up? Well, Brandon, you missed, uh, I'm a Sagittarius. You didn't get in there. So oh, man. Uh, we'll add that to the resume for next time. But it's it's an honor. This was the, the one thing that I knew I wanted to do. When I, when I heard that I was going to be the next voice of the Clippers, I said, I need to get on with Brandon. And now that's come to fruition. So, no, uh, Noah, you're a smart man. You really are a smart man. And what people don't know, and what, frankly, you didn't know until we started talking, was that you and I were about five feet away from each other. I think it was two years ago in Detroit when Cal State Fullerton played against Purdue in the NCAA tournament. Syracuse played the game after, and you were covering the game there. Of course, your father was as well. And now here we are. We're talking Obviously, we're very far away from each other, but still, this is cool. It's come full circle. It has. It has. And uh, it's funny how that works like that. You you never know who you're going to run into in those types of situations. And like you said, full circle. I always like to hear that type of stuff. And I wish we knew each other then because now now it's going to feel like it's a family mentality and i'm looking forward to it oh, i like you already noah i really do all right so, <laughs> so i obviously brought up all these accomplishments to start the podcast i mean there's not many 22 year olds that have the resume that you do how does someone end up with such an incredible resume by the way when do you turn 23 so that all this 22 nonsense continues obviously to be brought up when do you turn 23 uh december okay december we'll be in toronto Oh, okay. There you go. You've already looked to see when you're going to be on the road for your birthday. I, I like that. But, of course. But really. Of course. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I, I need to make sure that I know where I am yes. uh, for that special day. I, I, that's, a, that's imperative. I know some, I, I've worked with uh, a lot of the production crew for the Toronto Raptors. So when I saw that, I made sure to reach out and say, listen, this is, this is the deal. I know Kawhi's returning. I know that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But the bigger deal is I'm turning 23 years old, so I need you to, to mark that on your calendar and make sure you've got an itinerary for when I get there. And uh, they, they're excited, so I'm excited as well. Yeah, forget Kawhi's return. I mean, I mean that doesn't really matter. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's all about Noah going to be his 23rd birthday in Toronto. No, but seriously, I mean, how does a kid at 22 years old end up with such an incredible resume? Well, obviously, uh, the last name helps, and I always say that having my father as a resource gets me in the door. But once I'm in the door, then it's up to me to go out and perform and do the job and uh, treat people well. So I would say it helped. And then once I would say one or two people took a chance on me, then it just kind of gets a little easier. I think that you'll find really in anything you do uh, that that's all it takes is one person to, to really take a chance. And then, um, it's easier for other people to justify taking a chance on a young guy. So for me, it was a few people early on. Uh, I had an internship at Bleacher Report early in my college career, uh, heading into my junior year of college at Syracuse, and I uh, made a video there uh, to to kind of highlight what I did 
throughout the summer. And I remember uh, my dad being the proud dad, proud dad that he was just sent it around to a few people and it ends up getting passed around. And a lot of people end up seeing it and reaching out to me and saying, Hey, we really like this, you know, talk down the line. I said, okay, I didn't really think much of it, but that, that video was kind of the start. And that was at least the entree or rather the uh, appetizer to the entree that is me <laughs> as a personality. And it showed off my personality enough that some people down the line were willing to take a chance on me. So whether that was getting back to Syracuse my junior year and being able to host that game show or doing games at Syracuse in different roles and varieties and then eventually NBA Summer League or the G League stuff or any of it, it all kind of started just from my own video and and obviously having some connection through my father. But you know, I, I always, like I said, I, I think that is a start, but then it's up to you to do the rest. So for me, it was, okay, get these assignments and then go and just show who I am, treat people well and, and show who I am. So I feel I've done that so far and I'm looking forward to, to making my mark now on this next chapter. That is the LA Clippers, Clippers, which is great timing. And that's what everyone tells me. It's great timing to be with the Clippers and I can't, can't wait to, to get the season started this year. I, I am so excited. It's a pretty incredible first job, you can say, out of college. W- when did you know it was actually a possibility? Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. I mean, I obviously had heard of Ralph Lawler was retiring, and I never really thought to myself, oh, I wonder if that could happen. Like, they would hire me right away. That would be awesome. But I, I would say the first actual inkling that I had I had a professor her name is Olivia Stomsky at Syracuse who reached out to me around late February and said hey send me a reel of some of your best basketball stuff I said okay can you be more specific she said just send me a reel a couple minutes long of all of you you're doing play-by-play or hosting or whatever on basketball and so I said okay so then I visited her office and was like, I, I just need a little more direction. She said, look, you know, she still is in the, in the industry. She still works, and most of her work is out here on the West Coast. So I knew that. But, I, again, I didn't really let myself think, whoa, what if it was for the L.A. Clippers? Because, again, I, why would I assume that? You know, she's still a college professor helping her student. Um, but she has certainly several contacts in the industry and many of them out here. So what ended up happening, as I found out later, was uh, a couple people from Fox Sports West out here, which is where she's worked at some points in her career. She's worked with Fox and ESPN and other outlets, but she still has many friends. They reached out to her and said, look, the, the Clippers are looking to reshape their broadcast team and they want to try to make a splash potentially with a younger person. Do you have anybody to recommend? And she gave a few names and I was one of those names. And they basically asked, do you think that Noah Eagle is ready to move out to Los Angeles potentially if we like him? Mm -hmm. She said, I think he's ready and I think you will like him. And so they said, all right, give us a few questions that you think could stump him in an interview. (laughs) And she did. She gave some ideas. So I, I give her the, the, the reel. I give her a resume and a bio. And several weeks go by and I hear nothing. 
So I'm like, all right, I'm sure nothing came of it. And like you mentioned earlier, Brandon, I am a host on Sirius XM and last year had a weekly show while I was still at Syracuse on Monday nights called the student section where I would just go through topics from the weekend in college sports. And this was basketball season. So, and we were in the thick of basketball season. It was March or April maybe. So I think just after the basketball season came to a close and I'm driving to my show, it was seven to 9 PM Eastern time. So I was driving at, let's say six fifteen, and I get a call on my way over to the station and I had been getting a lot of calls from random numbers, solicitors. As I don't we know if all you're do. a fan of solicitors. Yeah, no, I hate them. Yeah, I'm, we all I'm do. not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I try not to answer them when I get them. So I saw this, this phone number pop up, and I was like, ah, not again. I don't really want to deal with this at this very moment. But I, I noticed it was from Los Angeles. And I was like, all right, well, I don't get them from Los Angeles. Usually they kind of mimic my phone number, or they're in the tri-state area. So. Yeah. I took it and I said, hello. And I hear a deep booming voice is like, hello, uh, Noah, this is Nick Davis from Fox sports West and prime ticket. As you've heard, I'm sure Ralph Lawler is retiring and we're looking to make changes to the broadcast team. And we'd like to fly you out and have you interview an audition for the job with the Clippers. And I was like, are you sure you have the right phone number? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he said, yeah, we want to fly you out next week. I was like, next week? So I, I, my show, I have no idea. I blacked out during that, that radio show. I have no idea what I said, who I said it to, what I said to callers, because I, my mind was elsewhere, I mean, naturally, because I, I just got asked to fly across the country to interview with an NBA team. So I, I do that the following week. I go, I interview with uh, people within the front office and people at Fox and everything, and I audition uh, with Corey McGetty, who is, awesome he's a great guy and i i was super excited just to talk to him and pick his brain about a ton of things including the clippers i mean i obviously with my dad being with the nets my whole life Mm -hmm. um i was i was around the nets and everything but i always had an affinity for the clippers just because they were similar to the nets but on the other side of the country so i when Corey was with the with the clippers i loved those teams i loved those kind of gritty Clippers teams that you, you kind of overlooked, but if you did, they would they would come out and surprise you. And Corey was a big part of it. So I was thrilled to meet him and, and do that audition with him. I thought it went very well. I thought the audition went well. And the the overall interview, I thought, went well. And they asked questions, which Professor Stomsky had given them, and she uh, thought maybe they could stump, but I think I answered them at least as well as I could have. Um, so the next next few days, I get back, and I get another note from my agent basically saying, Steve Ballmer wants to meet you. Oh, You're going to have to fly out to Seattle next week. And I'm like, wait, wait, hold up. <laughs> Are you serious? Or are you just trying to rile me up? And he said, I'm serious. Steve Ballmer wants to meet you. And, and so keep in mind, this was all kind of during the first playoff series. I remember actually the interview with the Clippers in L.A., the first one was after game that would be game five of the first round with Golden State. Are you still in school at this point? Dominated basically start to finish. And I noticed that everyone was in a good mood. So I'll, uh, I'll just leave it at that. And I would say I, I stayed up and watched that whole game. And I was like, wow, this is um, pretty good timing for me, I guess. Um, so after the series is over the following week, I go and fly out to Seattle 
and I have no idea what to expect. I mean, I'm, I'm meeting, I don't know who else is supposed to be in this meeting or if it's just going to be me and the $50 billion man that is Steve Ballmer that I've seen on TV, that I've watched huh. lead this Clippers franchise into the limelight. And I, I walk in. I remember I was wearing, you know, one of my nicer suits that I could find. And I went to California Pizza Kitchen because I was right by his office in Bellevue, Washington. And I said, I'm, that, that'll comfort me at least before this. And I uh, sat down. He walked in, and it was me and him for 90 minutes, just the two of us basically talking. And what I appreciated the most about him, because you hear all these things, and you, you never really know what to believe about a person until you meet them face-to-face. He is genuinely exactly what I was hoping he would be. He genuinely cared about the things I was saying. He asked questions and truly wanted to know the answers to the questions and what I thought about certain topics. And he wanted me to challenge him when I felt like his opinion was different than mine. And so we we talked just basically candidly for 90 minutes. And I left and I told him, Mr. Bomber, if you give me this job, I will make the Clippers my life. And he said, okay, that's good to know. And that was what I left him with. I left the interview. I went back. I graduated from Syracuse, went to Chicago for the G League elite camp and the NBA lottery and the early stages of the combine. I flew back to Syracuse, grabbed all my stuff, drove home to New Jersey. And then a couple days later, I got another call from an LA number and it was Gillian Zucker. And she said, we are making some changes and it's going to open up the radio position and we'd like you to do it and take your time with it. If, if you want to take your time and get back to me whenever you can, maybe take the weekend. And I mean, it took me about five seconds to truly figure <laughs> out whether or not I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I took a few days to figure out logistically if it would all work. And uh, I said, yes, and the rest is history. Wow, that is amazing. And that is like an eight or nine minute explanation of basically three quarters of the questions that I was going to ask. So I'm very impressed with you, Noah. <laughs> um, but so I was going to ask you and y- your ability to stay on topic while someone else talks to you is incredible because I literally just chimed in. It's like someone in your IFB. And I was asking you if you're still in school at the moment. And so you were still in school at the moment. So here you are, haven't even graduated and you're interviewing with Steve Ballmer. I mean, that's got to be something that dreams are made of. Without a doubt. I, this, so it's almost like I was destined to work in the NBA at some point in my life. I was born, as we mentioned, December, Sagittarius. Just keep that in mind. Again, we're going to add it to the resume. Okay. Sagittarius, December 11th, 1996. And my, my father had been broadcasting with the Nets. That, was, that would be his third season with the Nets. And they were bad. I mean, they were really bad in his first several years in New Jersey. And it was a team that uh, was in the middle of trying to strip everything down and, and build back from the bottom up. They had been to the playoffs a few years before with Drazen Petrovic. And then, of course, he uh, left us a little too soon. And they, they had to rebuild from there. So they, they were struggling. And they played the Seattle Supersonics on December 11th, 1996, who was it was the time when the Seattle Supersonics had Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, and you could go down the list 
of players they had. They were competing for an NBA championship, and it was, you know, middle of the season, and the Nets had won, I think, maybe five games so far, and the Sonics had won 16. You could look it up on Basketball Reference, but I was born at 9-something in the morning, and my dad went and called the game that night, and the Nets shocked the Sonics and won the game. So it was from a young age, I always felt a connection to that and to the team and just really to the league more so than anything else. I've always had an affinity for the NBA. So just to have this experience, I didn't even, at at that point when I was just interviewing, I, I just kept telling myself, obviously, I want this job. But even if it doesn't happen, just the experience of interviewing with a team and interviewing with potentially right now one of the more famous owners in all of professional sports is invaluable because even if I don't get this job, it's going to be an experience that I can uh, reach back on and look back on in the future and in future interviews with potentially future teams. But of course it all worked out. It, it was, it was a whirlwind though. I won't lie to you. It was a whirlwind. I took two red eyes just to get it done and I don't regret a single thing. It, obviously it all worked out. And like I said, I just can't wait for the season to start. I think it would have been more fitting if the Clippers played against the Nets that night, but I think <laughs> yeah. I think the next best thing is the Sonics, considering that Ballmer obviously lives up in the Northwest. So I think that does make a lot of sense. It's that it's crazy because your dad obviously does many different sports, and now you're doing a lot of different sports as well. I'm assuming that you'd like to go down that path where you obviously where you maybe eventually become a national voice on different sports, but right now, obviously, you're the radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Clippers. How did you choose to go with NBA at the moment? Because I'm assuming that you still want to do other sports. You know, Brandon, I'm not really focused on all of that stuff quite yet. Okay. I, like I said to you, I told Steve Ballmer that if I got the job, the Clippers will be my life. And while I'm in season, the Clippers are going to be my main and pretty much only priority aside from eating and sleeping and you know the other factors that are going to help me do the job well Uh, but that that still remains true to me and as long as this is my job then I'm going to make sure that I'm doing it to the very best of my ability Um, so that's that's my main focus and I'm not trying to really look too much into the future quite yet but this how did I come about this I mean like I like I said it was it was always a passion of mine. The NBA has always been the, when you look at all sports, like sure, I love the NFL and college football, and you can go down a list of of sports that I've followed and loved throughout my life. But the NBA has always been paramount to me. I mean, I would wake up when I was really young and want to be called different NBA players. I would stack all the jerseys that I could find and get my hands on and wear them to school. Like, this has always been it for me and working in the NBA has always been a dream to me. Once I realized that I was going to be five foot eight, you can mark that down. I'm five foot eight. Once I realized that I realized there was no playing past a certain level working in the league is the next best thing. And, and being around it is the next best thing. And I knew that I wanted to do that because of the passion that I have grown from day one. 
Yeah, I'm also five foot eight. So there you go. We're, now that the okay. NBA, okay, you want to go back to back? Yeah, we might as well. I think we'll do it at some point, and we'll take a picture and we'll post it on Twitter because now that the NBA Perfect. is apparently going to make the players list their actual uh, heights, I think it's proper that you give out your height since you're going to be a broadcaster in the NBA. I think it only sure. makes sense. Yeah. It, there's, so there's deep in my house, my my growing up house in New Jersey, because I guess that's no longer my house which is still weird to think about, Mm -hmm. but deep in there, you can find uh, basically a player card, but it's of my dad. And I'm, I'm hoping, and maybe we can try to make this work that someone will create a trading card of Noah Eagle with the exact height and weight and, and all little statistics we can find because that thing is hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious. I think you can probably get that done at some point. I know they make trading cards in like minor league baseball. Uh, I'm guessing that they'll do it in the NBA, but I mean, you'll make it happen. I got to ask you about the Clippers because this is a team that you're going to be joining a team that obviously you don't follow much considering that you are from the East coast. Um, How much Clippers history did you go and learn before this type of interview? Because I always wonder how much they actually grill you on the team itself, because that's something now that you can simply Google and find out information. Whereas in the past, you couldn't do that. Yeah, I would say that I'd actually, I I, I spent more this summer trying to learn as much as possible because once I got the job, I said to myself, okay, I never want to be in a position that I don't, I can't reference something that's happened in this team's past. And it's really more so just going way back to, you know, Bob McAdoo and, and those days, the, the Buffalo Braves and into San Diego. Those are the, those are the days that I'm trying to learn because once you get into the LA Clippers, I, I, like I've said, I followed the NBA religiously from a very young age, from basically day one, I was sitting in my father's office when I was four years old reading through media guides and learning about players. And I, it, so it wasn't, it wasn't going into the interview. That wasn't as much of what I was focused on. I was focused on this team that they had currently, because I knew that the Clippers are focused on the present and the here and now and the future. So I said, how can I stress that as well? And what do I need to know about each player? So I went and found as many stories And I I emphasize to them of goal that I would have if I were to get the job is to humanize these players that you guys have because they had great personalities. I mean, Lou Williams, you could go back and find the story of him in Philadelphia when he got stopped at gunpoint in his car. He convinced the guy who was trying to rob him to get in his car and took him to McDonald's. That's awesome. (laughs) How many guys could you say have done that in the NBA, very few, and Lou Williams happens to be one of them, or Patrick Beverly was dumped out of the league, basically, and went overseas, and when he came back, he signed a training camp deal with Houston and not just made the team, but he was named the starting point guard, and when he found out, pulled over his car and started crying because of the the path that he had to take. Like Those were the things that I wanted to, to know more about. What about this current situation, these guys that we've gotten to know, the gritty hard-nosed, tough. They're going to play. What do I need to know about Doc Rivers? What has made him such a successful head coach? So that was that was more important to me than the history at first. And then I said, okay, let me dive a little bit further into the history. And I'm still still trying to learn as much as possible leading up to opening day because, like I said, I always want to be able to reference something that's happened in the past 
whenever it comes up. Yeah, it's a good point. And you'll you'll clearly learn more and more as you're around the team. And the more time that goes on, the more you'll look up and the more you'll find out about it. But clearly, it's no secret that you are set up well for this job. You work your butt off. And that clearly shows. I mean, you know what you're talking about. You got all these jobs, not because of your dad, but because you work hard and you're good at what you do. And that clearly is showing not only in this conversation I'm having with you, but in all the reviews that people give of you, whether it's Brian, who said that he met you, obviously, for, I think it was for lunch and said that you guys had an incredible conversation. You're wise beyond your years. It's it, it's showing. And I just want to tell you that it's incredible for someone like you, the 22, to have this job, but it's well-deserving. I appreciate that, Brandon. It really does mean a lot. And at the end of the day, I know that it's not an easy job to do, and I, I am going to work as hard as I need to and then some to make sure that I provide the fans because that's really what I'm about is making sure that the fans get what they, they need. Mm-hmm. I've been watching and listening and doing all that to NBA broadcasts with an ear for the broadcast itself because of what I'm from and where I'm from and seeing my dad do it throughout his entire life. I've always sat in the radio and, or in the car and listened to the radio and said, what am I missing out of this? That's a big thing. And I will say that, uh, you know, I, with the Sirius XM subscription, you can get pretty much any team. They pop up and you can get the play-by-play. And every single time the Clippers came on, I was blown away with Brian. And I said, this guy gets it. He gives you everything you need. He's doing it by himself, by the way. And he was absolutely one of the best in the league doing it. Brings an energy, brings a passion, and he brings the knowledge along with it. And so he's going to have hard shoes to fill. And I know that he's already been unbelievably helpful to me. And I know he's going to continue to do that because he's a great guy and he's a great resource to have. But I'm just looking forward to trying to almost be a middleman between the the, the players and the fans. That's what I want. I want the fans to feel like they know these guys personally. And uh, if I've done that by the end of the year, then I've done my job. Yeah, you will not find a nicer person in Los Angeles than Brian Seaman. I mean, I was in college and I wanted to shadow a broadcaster and I reached out to Brian. He immediately responded. I mean, even your father. I mean, it was several years ago that I was emailing NBA broadcasters and Ian responded to my email and I actually had an hour conversation with your dad talking about the industry. So clearly the apple does not fall very far from the tree. Um, and it's funny because talk about how all these things that you and I have some stuff in common. Olivia Stomsky was actually my boss when I was working at pro angle media as an intern. So it, it, it's how a, about that? Yeah. It's a small world. Um, I want to ask you a couple more questions before I let you go. What are you most excited about and what are you most nervous about? Uh, I, I mean, those are good questions. Uh, excited. I think it's, it's pretty easy. It's just the team overall, the expectations that are coming with it and, talking to Doc Rivers already and, and just getting to know him a little bit, I'm excited to really work with him because he's awesome. He's the best. I, I had him last year certainly as the coach of the year, I thought, just the job that he's done. And I think you can, you can make an argument pretty much every year that he should win coach of the year. He is one of the best to ever do it, which is incredible to think about. And he is the best with the media, without a doubt. He is willing to say things, and he's willing to just be honest with you. 
And I appreciate that coming from Syracuse. And I had a good relationship with Jim Beheim, but it's different. It's a different type of relationship with Doc Rivers, and I'm excited to work with him. But the expectations that are coming with this team, because they're, they've been earned. They've earned these expectations. They've earned uh, all the praise that they've received. And giving up uh, Shea and, and Gallo has not been easy, but what they've gotten in return is a testament to last year's group, which I think has been documented, but I don't think it's, I think it's been understated a little bit. What last year's group did was it was unbelievable to watch, especially from afar. I wasn't involved obviously yet with last year's team, but I wish I was. Brian was telling me how much he loved being around the guys. And I've already been around some of them like Pat Beverly. And I could tell exactly why he feels that way. They are high character, hardworking, they want to win, and they're for each other and not themselves. And that's important. And then they go out and add two stars who are the same way. They want to win, and they're for the team. That's hard to do, and it's remarkable how this franchise is going into this season with higher expectations than they've ever had. They are completely earned. So I'm excited to just be around that and feel that energy through 82 games. Uh, what am I nervous about? What am I worried about? I, I wouldn't say there's anything that I'm really nervous or worried about. I would say just, just getting into a little bit more of a, of a rhythm once we're traveling a ton, because I'm not used to that yet. I think that'll be an adjustment of just getting on planes and not getting places until two to three in the morning. And, and it's funny that when you're, when you're young or even just a casual fan, and you see, how could, how could my team, look how much better we are than this team. You don't even think about the circumstances that go in. And now already just looking at the schedule in front of me of what I'm going to go through on a rest and sleep basis of, all right, we're flying here and then we're playing here the next I can't even imagine these players having to do that. So I'd say that's the biggest adjustment. I'm sure if you ask a lot of rookies in the league, they'd say that's their biggest adjustment as well of the difference of travel as you you step up weight classes from high school to college to the, to the pros. So I would say those are the, the main thing. Yeah, there's a reason why back-to-backs are so difficult because that second oh, game top. is just so brutal. One, I mean, you're leaving the arena at past midnight. You're hopping on a plane wherever that nearest airport is, and you're getting your hotel room possibly at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, yep. So it, it, it's tough. Are you in the mindset at all that you have to – I want to say achieve a certain level. I don't know the exact word to say, but just to make sure that you uphold your father's name, because is there any pressure at all that you need to succeed right away? I'm more worried about my mother's maiden name uh, than my father's name. No, Uh, I would say, is there pressure? I don't think so. Because the biggest thing out of all of this is that, he doesn't put any pressure on me. He knows that I'm going to put enough pressure on myself to go and do the, the best job possible. Like I know this is a results business at the end of the day. So if I want to be looked at with respect, which is, which is what I want, then I need to go out and prove it. I need to go out and earn it. Just like last year's team earned respect amongst the league and amongst the fans. I need to do the same by going out and doing my job. Well, now, it does it matter with my last name? I, I don't I don't really look at it that way. I look at it as it matters for myself. You know, I, I just want to go out and do a really good job. I want to go out and make the fans happy and give the fans what they need 
to understand what's happening. And I want to add my own personality in there. I want to sprinkle in little things that are going to make it my own. I love movies and television and I love comedy and stuff like that. My grandfather was a performer. My father's dad, he was a comedian and an actor. My grandmother was a professional singer. Like I, I, I've seen what it takes to go out and perform and to quote unquote deliver in big moments or whatever. That's, that's not really my concern. My concern is making sure I'm giving the fans what they need at the end of the day. And if they're happy, then I'm happy. How's your sister, Aaron, handling all of this? Because you're getting a lot of attention nowadays. Is your mom maybe going out getting her a diamond necklace or something? <laughs> uh, no. You kidding me? I already <laughs> sent her three. Um, she's fine. She, I don't think she really is bothered by any of it. I would say she doesn't mind kind of being out of the limelight. That's her personality. And she's happy. She's at school right now. She's having a great time and trying to enjoy every second. She's getting ready to go abroad. So there's a, all these experiences ahead of her. And she, she's honestly excited to come to visit to L.A. I think when I took this job and she heard I was moving, she's like, oh, that's great. I can come and visit Los Angeles. Sign me up. I'm like, all right, that's, that's fine. So I'd say that's her mindset is um, she's really happy for me. She's excited. We've got a really good relationship, the two of us. We always have. And so she's excited to, to watch me uh, try to do my thing out here and make my own name in Los Angeles. Final question for you. You obviously had a lot of people reach out to you once you got this job. WAER is one of the most famous, if not the most famous, broadcasting schools in the entire nation. Mike Tirico, I saw, retweeted uh, the Clippers and mentioned how proud he was of you. Obviously, there are a ton of names that have gone through Syracuse and obviously many others that know you um, because of your father. Who is the biggest name that reached out to you after it was announced you got the job? I, that's hard. That's hard to answer because there were, there were a lot of people that reached out prior to it becoming official and released. So I'd, I'd have to go back, but I will tell you this. You'll like this story. So right when the, the Clippers tweeted it out, I get a notification on my phone. You've been mentioned on Twitter by Los Angeles Clippers, and I, I realized, though, they must have released the, the, put out the press release. And literally within seconds, the first person after the official announcement came out, and this is telling, the first person to reach out right after was Adrian Wojnarowski because he never misses <laughs> a thing in the NBA. It was literally five seconds. I didn't even have a chance to look at the tweet yet, and I saw that Woj popped up saying congratulations. And that proves to you why he is who he is. He's on top of everything 24-7. And, by the way, Shams was not far behind. Like, they were both on top of everything within seconds. So uh, he was the very first once it became official, and a lot of people reached out. I've talked to Brent Barry, who I've known for several years, and he was, of course, a big part of the Clippers at, at one point in his career, and he was excited. And you could, Mike Tirico, you went through that name, and I've known Mike for pretty much my whole life. He's always been a great influence uh, on me as a as a fellow broadcaster for sure and as a as just a great person so uh, i could go through the names but i will say Woj was I, i'll give him credit <laughs> within seconds i got the notification and a second one and it was from him that is amazing 
Like, absolutely amazing and is the most telling thing in this entire NBA world that Woe should be the first guy to reach out to you. That that has to be one of your best stories. I mean, you'll continue to bring that up for a while as long as Woe's is dominating the NBA atmosphere, but that's incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I, you know, I, I've been fortunate to get to know him for the last couple of years. He actually helped me out with something I did at Syracuse, a project I worked on. Uh, for WAER, and so I've gotten to know him there in summer league and whatnot, and he's, he's a great guy, but he is, even when you're talking to him, he's got his cell phones out because he knows that news can come out at any moment, so it wasn't shocking, but it was also validating all at the same time. You can hear him on the radio. I believe it's still AM570 that the Clippers will be That's on right. this season. Um, you can follow him on Twitter, at NoahEagle15. And you are in for a treat this season. You have Brian on TV and now Noah on the radio. Noah, this has been absolutely tremendous. Some of the best time I have had on this podcast, and I'm very much looking forward to having you later on this season. Anytime, Brandon. I appreciate you having me on and uh, hope to see you throughout the season. Well, that's got to be one of the top podcasts we've done. And we are not even 10 podcasts in on this Hoopball Clippers podcast. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And I know there obviously might be some people saying, well, it's Noah Eagle. He's the son of Ian Eagle. I got to tell you, this kid belongs. He truly does belong in the NBA. You can just tell from that 40 minutes that I talked to him, he knows his stuff. He's confident. And really, he is where he is because he works hard and he's just a good guy. And I'm really looking forward to listening him, listening to him on AM570 throughout the entire season. I hope you do as well. This has been another presentation of the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Don't forget, you can follow us at Hoopball Clips on Twitter. I am at BD Marcus on Twitter. That is BD as in David, M-A-R-C-U-S. And also, don't forget, go to iTunes, rate, review the podcast, give us a five-star review. It really does help a lot. Uh, We want to try and get this podcast out to as many people as possible. We've had some great guests and hoping that we continue to build upon those previous guests as we go on. So until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus saying so long and have a fantastic rest of your day, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.